to retire at the age of 72 years old. Uh, so, <laughs> so I decided I didn't want to work that long. And uh, I began to look into real estate as a way to retire myself uh, by the time I reached 50. And um, since I didn't have a real estate background other than owning my own home, I decided I would attend a free real estate seminar to get an idea of, you know, um, how I could possibly make some money. Um, so I went to this free real estate seminar. The speaker opened up the seminar by saying, these are the top 10 ways people make money in real estate. And somewhere around number six or seven, he says, regular, ordinary people can buy the mortgage from the bank. And instead of the homeowner paying the bank every month for the next 20, 30 years, they would pay you. Welcome to Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Lee, and today is joining me Daphne Wilson. Welcome, Daphne. Hi, Annette. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure am, to be here. Yes, I am so very excited to have you. I heard you talk on a, on a local meetup a couple of weeks, I want to say like a month ago. It's been a month already. And it was such an amazing topic, and I wanted you to, to come to my podcast and my show and, and share all that information with all my audience because it was kind of new to me like I've had heard of it but not really um, I didn't have a lot of information so this was a really really good topic so let me introduce you to, to Daphne she's the president of Bell Financial LLC founded in 2014 with the goal of capitalizing on the supply of mortgage notes in the interbank marketplace with the primary objective to achieve double-digit, high-yield investment returns while creating winning solutions for homeowners in distress. The business model is to purchase underperforming mortgage notes at a deep discount of face and market values and successfully renegotiate them to performing status, building a strong, secure portfolio with solid passive income flow. Wow. That's a lot of info. You're going to have to, to give me a lot of information on this, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I absolutely love sharing what I consider to be the best kept secret in real estate. Um, back in 2013, I was 25 years into a career in computer science. And in spite of earning a great salary, um, I was basically on the fast track to retire at the age of 72 years old. Uh, so, <laughs> so I decided I didn't want to work that long. And uh, I began to look into real estate as a way to retire myself uh, by the time I reached 50. And um, since I didn't have a real estate background other than owning my own home, I decided I would attend a free real estate seminar to get an idea of you know, um, how I could possibly make some money. Um, so I went to this free real estate seminar. The speaker opened up the seminar by saying, these are the top 10 ways people make money in real estate. 
And somewhere around number six or seven, he says, regular ordinary people can buy the mortgage from the bank. And instead of the homeowner paying the bank every month for the next 20, 30 years, they would pay you. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> that sounds like it's for me. <laughs> so, so I was so excited about it. I asked him, and so when I, at the break, I walk up, I said, we're going to talk more about this mortgage note thing. And he says, this isn't the seminar for that. We're going to talk about wholesaling and fixing and flipping and rental properties. So I said, well, that's okay. So I, I left. I didn't even stay for the rest of it. I just went home and Googled and learned as much as I could. And the more I read about it, the more I liked it. So, you know, fast forward six years later, here I am. And what I do is very simple. I buy mortgages from banks and hedge funds and people pay their mortgage on their house every month. And that payment goes into my checking account. That's awesome. The deal. So that's a lot of information that I want to unpack for people to understand how the process works. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a different, um, you know, show because I want to learn. I want you to share with everybody the process of how do you get the bank notes, how do you buy them, how does this process work? Because I don't think a lot of people are familiar with it. I wasn't that familiar with it, so. Please share with us, how, how do you start? Uh, well, basically, um, what I do is I, banks and, uh, and hedge funds and investors and credit unions, they let you know what loans they have available for sale. And so you really simply uh, determine what your investment criteria is. And so you look for loans that meet that criteria. Um, so to give you an example, um, I purchase second mortgages. And I like second mortgages because one, they're less expensive than buying the four or $500,000 mortgage uh, because they are maybe the 20, 30, $60,000 mortgage. So they're less expensive. And also the homes tend to be nicer because people tend to um, take out a second mortgage to redo the kitchens, baths, maybe put a pool in the back or something like that. Um, so the price point uh, is low. Additionally, I make the most amount of money. I get the highest rate of return when I buy a mortgage loan that is delinquent uh, because it's the least expensive loan that you can possibly Buy, but it's also still very much secured by the real estate property. So uh, my goal is to purchase a delinquent second mortgage on the borrower's primary residence where the first mortgage has never been late. It's never been late. And that lets me know that the homeowner is interested in staying in the property. Uh, because they're keeping up with that first mortgage. So um, that is really kind of my um, niche in this particular market. So you buy a second mortgage 
of a person on a primary home that is delinquent only on the second mortgage, but never on the first mortgage. Correct. And that they live in the house because you want them, you know that they want to stay there. Yes. Yes. That's Excellent. home for them. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. So how do, how do you find these deals? Uh, well, their loans can be found in many different places. Uh, banks, uh, hedge fund managers, credit unions. Um, you can also find, um, there are also note brokers. There are uh, individuals that put note buyers together with note sellers. Um, also real estate attorneys, um, asset managers. Um, there are mortgage loan exchanges. Um, which are online portals. Um, so they're pretty much everywhere. I've even seen, uh, I've even seen mortgage notes for sale on Craigslist, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, the, the due diligence, the research is the same no matter where uh, you find the mortgage note. So, right. But they're, they're out there and there are various ways of, uh, various you know, ways of finding them. All right. So once you found it, like, how do you um, do all this research on the note to see if it's a good or a bad investment? Oh, lots of the information is uh, available before you even put in an offer to purchase a loan. So you're going to look at a lot of public record data. Um, you know, there are some um, there's some research that you can do on the borrower. Um, you know, there's credit report information, um, lots of different, um, lots of different uh, public data uh, that's out there and available on the property itself, on the homeowner, um, as well as on the actual mortgage note itself. Right. So, so all of these resources is what, what you use as part of your due diligence. When you're looking at the owners, at their credit report, what are you looking for? I'm really looking for how they're using their credit, um, what they're doing with their other trade lines. So if the loan that I'm purchasing is really the only thing that's delinquent, and I see that they're keeping up the payments on everything else, then that gives me an indication that they are um, more likely willing and able uh, to start paying on the second mortgage. So I'm not so concerned with the credit score um, because, you know, bad things happen to good people. And so you, you know, some families will go through a period of time where things are kind of difficult. But if I look at their credit report and I see that they're kind of trying to pull out of that and they're trying to rebuild their credit, um, those are the types of things that I'm looking for. And when you see, what's the thing that you see on the report and you're like, ah, no, this is not a good idea. Um, if I see that the uh, first mortgage, the senior lien, is either delinquent or it's um, being paid slowly, meaning that the homeowner will maybe pay a month and then skip two or three months and catch back up, um, that sort of thing is what I'm looking for in terms of a red flag. Mm -hmm. What about like um, medical bills? Uh, medical bills is, uh, is probably one of the number one reasons people get behind in paying a second mortgage or even a car note or other things. Um, when I see medical bills on there, it lets me know, okay, something, something happened. Maybe this person was hospitalized. Maybe they um, had to, um, maybe they 
um, they lost income uh, as a result. And they, that is what caused them to become behind. And so I'm going to look at when that occurred and, um, you know, just kind of what's happened since then to help me determine, you know, whether or not I feel that this person has the ability to start repaying the second mortgage. But it's really an indicator. Uh, I'm looking for clues to see, you know, maybe what has happened to cause the homeowner to come behind, uh, become, you know, delinquent in that loan and determine whether or not they're in a better space now. Okay, so it could be, it could go either way really, right? It could yes. be a good thing, but it could be a bad thing if they are still during that period where they cannot pay. Yes, yeah. And another thing I'm looking at also is the homeowner's debt load. Um, I do not know their income at this point, um, but what I can see is how much they owe. And so another thing that I'm trying to assess is the likelihood that they may file bankruptcy uh, because you know that would be a possibility particularly if a person has never filed they have a huge amount of debt um, and it's obvious that they're struggling um, then you know um, one thing that could possibly happen is you know once they get notification from me that i intend to collect on the debt then that may trigger the knee-jerk response of filing bankruptcy. So that's another thing that I'm trying to assess when I'm looking at the credit report. So are you, do you look at a percentage that they have in debt or how do you gauge what's reasonable and what's um, risky to you to file bankruptcy, for them to file bankruptcy? Yeah, it's one of those things that's very much, um, it's up to kind of the individual investor you know, I'm looking at the value of the home, um, looking at, you know, what other assets that they may have, you know, how, how many cars, uh, things like that, that are on there. Um, and, you know, I'm comfortable with um, probably about $20,000 in debt or less. You know, if I, if I really start seeing, you know, 80, 100, $150,000 in consumer debt, that, that makes me kind of nervous, you know, because that, that's a good enough reason for anybody to say, you know what, I just need a fresh start. And bankruptcy will give me that fresh start. And, you know, they may attempt to offload that debt. Now, that may not be uh, very much of a concern if there is uh, considerable equity uh, in the property. Um, because if there's if there's equity in the property, uh, then it really uh, it doesn't matter as much if the homeowner files uh, bankruptcy, particularly Chapter 13 bankruptcy, uh, because if the home is in a, a positive equity position, there's enough of an equity buffer uh, above that first mortgage, uh, then the second lien will be secured. It'll uh, remain secured on the property. Okay, so you, it's not as risky if the property has a lot of equity on it. Right. Uh, but what about if, if it doesn't have any equity, do you lose the note? If it doesn't have equity and the house uh, and the homeowner owes more on the house than what it's worth, uh, if they file Chapter 13, then the, um, the judge could strip the second mortgage 
off the house and basically say that it's unsecured. Um, and in which case uh, the debt becomes very similar to like credit card debt. It's just, it's unsecured debt um, mm -hmm. and it takes the, the lien off the property. That's if the bankruptcy, uh, the chapter 13 plan is actually completed. Usually it's a five-year plan. And if the homeowner keeps up with it and continues to make their payments throughout the entire five years, um, then the loan would be stripped off the property. Now, a lot of homeowners, um, more than 50%, do not complete the five-year bankruptcy plan. Um, in which case, if they don't, then the lien remains intact and the holder of the second mortgage can continue to pursue payment. What if they do a chapter seven? Uh, a chapter seven will uh, basically, uh, the homeowner would no longer be personally liable for the debt, but there still remains a lien on the property. So, so they cannot sell it. They don't, right. They could not. They could not sell it, and if they don't pay it, you can. The holder of the second can still foreclose on that property. So essentially, they would get their um, money out of the property and not from the homeowner. Okay, so chapter thirteen is the one you gotta worry about. Yes. So yes. then it becomes a little bit of a waiting game, right? Because then they have five years to complete this plan, and if they don't, then you're still on second position. Uh, yeah, you basically uh, just hold on to it. You know, you check uh, with the uh, bankruptcy court every, you know, two or three months or however often you want to check it to see if the homeowner is still uh, participating in the bankruptcy plan. And, you know, you just kind of put the loan on the back burner uh, until, you know, you see whether or not that's going to complete. Um, but there's another exit strategy too, because there are investors, believe it or not, that purchase those loans uh, and they purchase them super cheap, um, basically because um, an investor that owns a chapter 13 loan, they may feel like, well, you know, rather than having my money tied up, I'll sell this loan and, um, you know, and just uh, exit out of it that way. So right. that happens. But, but you can avoid all this by doing your research, engaging which loans do you want to buy? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a space where you can really assess your risk up front. Um, if, you, if you're looking at a mortgage note to purchase, you can see right away whether there's equity above the first mortgage, how much equity there is, and if you feel that it's enough to protect your note investment. You can, you can find that out up front before you even buy the, the mortgage. Awesome. All right. So now you found these mortgages, you, are, um, you research and you like the deal. And so what's next? Uh, what's next is very simple. Um, I will purchase a, a mortgage loan. Once I purchase it, uh, the Previous lender will FedEx overnight the collateral uh, to me. They also have to send out a letter to the homeowner, letting the homeowner know that their loan has been transferred to another lender. And um, 30 days after that, I send out a letter to the homeowner uh, introducing 
myself as the new lender, my company, and providing all the pertinent information, and um, and you know start communicating with the borrower, uh, finding out basically what their intent is, what they would like to see happen with the loan, and uh, and start moving towards a resolution to you know get them either back on track with the mortgage or you know, if there's another um, alternative. All right. So can we talk numbers? Because you gave an awesome example when you did your presentation uh, at the meetup. So let's talk about numbers. Give us an example of how much you bought it for, what was the debt, and, and all this once it's all put together. Okay, great. Let's see. The art of the deal. So... I purchased a second mortgage on a house in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I paid $2,700 for it. Okay, $2,700. The remaining balance on the mortgage that the homeowner owed was $27,879. That's what was left for them to pay. Uh, this particular homeowner was four years behind in their payments, uh, but he was current on the first mortgage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, since he was four years behind, uh, it would have cost him about $15,000 to bring this loan current with the previous lender. Okay. I, on the interest and late fees. Yes, interest, unpaid interest, late fees, back payments, all of that um, would have cost him 15 grand to reinstate it. I allowed him to reinstate the loan for $7,000. Okay, he was very happy with that. Much easier to come up with 7,000 than 15. And this 7,000, are they supposed to pay it to you cash or do you divide it on the loan? They, it's paid up, it's paid in cash. Mm -hmm. It's wire transferred. Mm -hmm directly into my business checking account. Okay. Um, so that $7,000 more than doubled, almost tripled what I paid for the loan, which was great. So I got my money back plus some up front. Then what I did was I worked out a loan modification with him this homeowner could afford to pay $385 per month. So I began to collect $385 a month from him for the next 15 years. So this loan is spread out over 15 years uh, on the remaining balance, which in this case was um, $35,879 because I took that other eight grand and I put it on the back end of the loan. Okay, oh, okay. That's, so you didn't even lose that. So you just offer that. him <clears throat> um, to just reinstate it for almost half, a little bit less than half, and then the other money you put it on the back end. Yes, that's How right. did you define the 15 years? Uh, well, I was trying to get to a payment that was affordable for him. So he didn't want to go over $400. I looked at his uh, financials and, you know, I thought, okay, this is, this is good. This is comfortable for him. And it, uh, it met my uh, expectations in terms of what I was looking to for as a return. So that's, uh, that's how we came up with it. 
Awesome. Um, but it gets even better, right? So I collect these payments, this $385 a month from the homeowner for 12 months. Okay, this money is taken out of his checking account via ACH transfer every month on the same date, whatever date he chose. Okay, so I collect 12 months of payments and then I decide that I'm gonna sell that loan to an investor. Uh, now, because the loan has a solid payment history of 12 months, I sold that loan for $28,000. Wow. Okay, so here's the math. I paid 2,700 for the loan. I got seven grand upfront from the homeowner to reinstate it. Then I collected 12 monthly payments, which totaled $4,620. And then I sold the loan for 28,000. So the total I collected was $39,620 on a $2,700 investment. <laughs> yes. That blows my mind. That yeah. is amazing return. That is yeah. an amazing return. Just a little, you know, a little bit of money up front, a little bit of time up front. Um, you know, this deal was financed using my own funds. It was only $2,700. Um, so when I first started in the note business, I didn't take out a loan. I leveraged my income from my regular job uh, to buy my first mortgage notes with. And um, it was very affordable. Uh, most of the assets uh, in this particular asset class uh, range from about $2,000 to $10,000 per asset. Um, there, you know, there's some that are more you know, I, at, at the high end, I think I've spent about 17000 for a loan. Um, on the low end, I've, I've paid as little as $800 uh, for a mortgage. Uh, but most are in that 2000 to $10,000 price range. Um, takes a little bit of time up front. It's about four to five hours a month per asset. Right. So one loan, five hours total um on that particular asset that you're spending on it uh so there's a little work up front but then it's passive the rest of the time right and so how many loans did you buy before you left your job because when you started you said that you were um, working still at uh, your regular job yes yes and a couple of things happened um for one i kind of sat down and figured out um what my expenses were you know, what did I actually need to survive um, in terms of housing expenses, you know, um, electricity, gas, grocery, you know, things like that. And then I took that number and I, I said, well, you know, if I could get each homeowner to pay, say, $300 a month, you know, how many $300 a month payments would I need in order to meet my expenses? And that's kind of how I backed into it, you know, and that's what I suggest, you know, for new investors uh, to just kind of back into it. If they're looking at notes as a way to retire themselves or replace a job, um, you know, to kind of back into it that way. Now, I did meet myself halfway, uh, meaning that uh, at the time I got started in the note business 
or was looking at it, um, I had a big home, I had a couple of cars, I had, you know, my overhead was really way up there. Um, but then um, I, my daughters, uh, they were adults, so they were, you know, grown, gone, off the payroll. And, uh, and so what I decided to do was, you know, I said, I don't need all of this house and I don't need all of these cars and all of this. So I actually really scaled down and kind of right-sized uh, my life. And that helped even more uh, to make retirement much more accessible to me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That was so smart because then now you have all this extra income that you could invest quickly instead of having to wait to save it, you know, to invest exactly. more. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So that was, that was so smart. So you worked the number back. So you said, okay, this is my budget. This is the amount of money that I need monthly. And then... I need this many notes in order to support my expenses. And then you were able to leave your job. And how long did it take you since you made this plan until you were able to do it? It actually took me two years. I could have retired earlier, but you know, I was at first I was thinking, oh, you know, this is great because I could still work and you know, be making this extra money. And, uh, and then I think what, what happened was I had two loans that I bought and the homeowner decided, the homeowners decided they didn't want to pay a second mortgage anymore. So they refinanced and I got paid off. So I got two lump sum payments. Um, I think one was like $80,000. The other one was like 40 something thousand dollars. And I was just like, huh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done because it immediately refueled my capital. And, you know, from there, I could buy uh, pools of loans. So instead of just buying one or two mortgage notes, I could buy, you know, a group of five or a group of, you know, eight. And, you know, so that really kind of accelerated, um, you know, the growth the of group. my portfolio. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So and... Oh, we're going to have to talk after, the, after this because I, I, you know, I was blown away at the meetup and, you know, I was like, oh, I should like start doing that. And now I'm like, again, I'm like, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I think that probably the thing that uh, really excited me the most was that, you know, mortgage investing is location independent. So you can purchase mortgage notes nationwide or, you know, no matter where you live. Um, I own mortgage notes in multiple states. I, you never visit the property. The bank never has to go to the property. Um, and, you know, it, it's great because you can do this anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be physically, you know, in, in a particular place like you normally would with more traditional real estate. Right. And how can people learn about this? Oh, people can learn about notes by uh, educating themselves. Um, the great thing is that there's no, um, what should I say, there's no certifications or exams or anything like that. Uh, you really just need to know what to do. So for anyone that is interested in learning how to invest in mortgage notes uh, and adding notes to your real estate portfolio, 
I invite you to visit my website, which is uh, mortgagenoteinvesting.info. And uh, I offer a comprehensive workshop that will teach you step-by-step uh, from beginning to end how to invest in mortgage notes, including resources on where to find notes. Um, the, the, it, it really is truly a workshop because during the course uh, of this workshop, we're looking at live notes that are available for sale on the open market. Um, and you're actually, uh, I'm actually teaching how to do your research step-by-step, step, um, how to interact with the homeowner, uh, how to do a loan modification, what they look like, uh, the rules and regulations in various states. So we cover all of that there. And um, the best part about it is that it includes mentorship. So I personally mentor uh, my students, which are all over the country. And uh, we work together on their deals. So it includes unlimited mentorship um, by, you know, myself. So, you know, that's, uh, that's how they would learn. And that is awesome. And, you know, this is a, like a lot of people are always asking, how can I get into investing? And, you know, besides whole, everybody recommends wholesaling, selling. Uh, but this is another way uh, in which, you know, new people can get into the game. They can start with a very low, you know, you said that you could buy some for $800. You know, you can save money for a couple of months, you know, get $1,000 and start buying your first note and get into this, into the game. And once you get, you know, a cash flow, then you can start getting into other types of investing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I always tell people, even if you just buy one or two notes, you know, you could easily cash flow an extra five, $600 a month. And, you know, five or six, an extra five or $600 a month will, will start paying down a student loan bill uh, because that mortgage is going to pay for the next 15, 20 years or more. So, you know, that's money that's being paid towards debt or towards anything else uh, that doesn't have to come out of your own pocket. So, yeah, it definitely will pay for itself. Awesome. That is awesome. So, expert tips. Now is the time of the show where you're going to give me three tips and Daphne is going to give us three tips on mortgage investing. Ah, yes. So tip number one, uh, be very clear about your investment criteria. Um, there are a lot of mortgage notes uh, available um, on the open market. For every property in America, um, most of them have a mortgage. Okay, and many of them have more than one. Uh, so there's no shortage of mortgage notes out there to buy. Um, and so you wanna be very clear about your investment criteria. You wanna buy first mortgages, second mortgages, um, you know, can the home be uh, rented or vacant or should it be occupied by the homeowner? What state or city should it be in? Um, you know, so there's lots of different criteria. So you want to be clear about that up front. The second tip is uh, I would suggest focusing on two to three states uh, in which to purchase your assets um, instead of, you know, just kind of saying, oh, wherever it is, I'm going to buy it. Um, it's, it's great to pick two or three states that you kind of want to focus on. 
Um, and that way you can build your resources um, in those particular states. Is there different rules for collecting also? Like if you do, you know, only three places and you only have to learn the rules for these three places instead of like 12? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That is a great example. Absolutely. Um, you know, the uh, rules and regulations and even the, the foreclosure um, uh, guidelines work differently in different states. And so, you know, you want to, um, the more experience you have doing business in a particular state, um, you know, you become very familiar and you know the do's and don'ts and it really makes your, you know, your process is a lot more streamlined. So one of the key things is that you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel every time you buy a mortgage note. Um, you want to have processes set up for yourself so that it's easy to, you know, execute according to your business model. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. And the third, the, tip? Uh, third tip is uh, to define your business model uh, before you purchase. So we talk about three business models in uh, the workshop. And the first business model is uh, a buy and hold. That's where you buy the mortgage note, you do a, a loan modification with the homeowner, and then you just cash flow the payments until, you know, for the next 15, 20 years until the loan is paid off. Uh, but then another business model is to flip the note, which is what I did uh, in this case with the deal that we just talked about, is uh, I'll buy the note, I'll work out a payment with the homeowner, and then 12 months later, I sell that note for profit. Um, and then uh, a third business model, some people actually use mortgage notes as a backdoor way of acquiring property. So if you're looking at notes to, you know, to, um, to create inventory or to amass inventory uh, to do fix and flips or to acquire rental property, um, then you purchase the loan for little or nothing. A person is not interested in keeping the property uh, so you either do a deed in lieu, cash for keys, um, or, you know, if they're uncooperative, then you could foreclose on the property. And then you basically take the property for what you paid for the note. So those are three different business models. And there's more than that, but those are kind of three basic ones. But you want to define what your business model is before you uh, start investing in notes. Right. So on that third example, um you want to, if your purpose is to keep the property, then you're going to have a different criteria than what you were looking at, right? You're going to be mm -hmm. looking at people that can't pay it anymore and that you are going to end up with a property instead. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you have to define your criteria and define your business model so then you can look for these uh, properties that fit your criteria and your model. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. All right. That was amazing, Daphne. Thank you so much for joining uh, my show today. And I think you provided amazing value. And, you know, people, if you are interested in getting into real estate with small cash, because you always need some money to start in real estate. I don't think yes. it's very hard to start in real estate with no money down. You know, I mean, there is, there is some ways, but this is a, an option that is very low money down and then it can lead you to other deals later. Um, so thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. And just a couple things I wanted to add. Um, notes are a very, very liquid asset. Um, notes can be purchased 
uh, in one or two weeks. It can also be sold in one or two weeks. So your money isn't tied up uh, when you buy mortgage notes. Um, and then the final thing I wanted to add was um, if anyone is interested in uh, learning how to invest in uh, mortgage notes and they're interested in taking uh, my workshop, again, just visit mortgagenoteinvesting.info. And um, if you sign up um, by the end of the week, you can take advantage of a 25% discount by using uh, the discount code DEALCLOSERS. Awesome. That is amazing, yeah. Daphne. Thank you so much. So people yeah. take advantage of this 25%. I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you're interested in, in doing this, you know, your course is probably teach you from A to C and then you don't have to go anywhere and, and keep researching. So that will be amazing. Yeah. All yeah. right. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. Yes. Bye-bye. a pleasure. Bye now. This was Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.